This is Peter Dittus, and you are listening to MBA Without BS. Welcome to MBA Without BS, where I speak with top voices in business, education, and the business of education. Hey, so this is the second episode with Peter Dittus, the former head of the BIS and a cool guy altogether. If you haven't checked out the last episode, you probably will want to do that uh, just to get the context. Happy listening. I have a lot more questions, but I do want to. I do want to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want to just to to get my understanding on this. First of all, I'm. I, I read a book a few years back uh, called "The Ascent of Money" by Niall Ferguson, and I think it's a mm-hmm. pretty nice. Good guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very he, nice he, summary. Very good author, and it's a good summary of like the financial mm-hmm. history of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, for anyone interested, like myself. Uh, I think it could be interesting. And you also mentioned a book that was uh, written that describes that, but you didn't mention the name. Uh, did I? Did you you did mention a book, but you didn't mention the name. Okay, we can. I can take you offline on that, and uh, <laughs> and, and and we'll see. But what I what I wanted the the thought we said we like to talk about ideas more than we like to talk about people, right? You said you don't like to talk about yourself, and the mm-hmm. the. Th- thought I was uh, it was kind of playing around with in my head was you know what happens is this is to the best of my knowledge the first time in history where we have negative um, interest rates in mm-hmm. you know in the in, in the banks and what happens if for whatever reason um, this what I call in layman's terms this over leverage that the central banks are are taking or giving to that extent, right? That too much money that's worth less and less, and you know, exploding balance sheets, and uh, and, and also a kind of a stretch in the inequality in the population, and so on. If that bursts for whatever reason, it can be a random reason, a black swan, a, a disease, a war. Or, what's the next step? in the evolution of, of money? Like, is there any, that, that's where I was coming from. Like, is there a possibility of uh, like, how does it look like, you know, once you put an egg on a skillet, it becomes a, you know, it becomes uh, like an omelet. So it can't go back to being like a, a regular egg. So what happens if this, the next evolution, how would it, how can it look like? That was a long way to ask a simple uh, question. But, uh, I mean, we have seen quite a few financial crises in the past. Mm. And um, so basically you have uh, the house of cards, the over leverage disappears, uh, 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 credit freezes, uh, debt is not paid back. Um, So, and you get a huge crisis, um, 1930 style, so you get a huge real crisis. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have a new financial system, uh, a new type of money that's born after that. You can just, uh, like you, like Germany did um, after um, the First World War, hyperinflation. Um, well, you just say, hey, stop it. And many countries have done it. Argentina, uh, stop it. That money is worthless now or almost worthless. We start new. And it's the same thing again. And I think we have seen this uh, over and over again. So I wouldn't. Ex- I think this is the probably the most likely thing to happen, uh, because um, 
that uh, keeps uh, governments in the driver's seat. It also gives a real possibility to steer the economy well, if you do it well, like uh, Keynes proposed. Uh, so you, you can, uh, I don't see really a, a strong a priori idea of why uh, you couldn't start again. I mean, you just cut, you cut the debt, you, however you do it, um, uh, and you start fresh. And that is what we have seen uh, over and over again. So I think that's the most likely. Um, of course, you can, you can think that something else uh, could emerge. Um, and maybe what, what you might see is that um, um, after such a big uh, event, uh, the paper money disappears and you have just digital money, whether it's blockchain based or something else. That I could, I could quite well imagine. But then you look at uh, what's the rationale. I mean, what that opens the floodgates even more because right now, if I don't like negative interest rates and if I don't like to be, to be robbed really, um, and that is what's happening in Switzerland, people buy, uh, uh, buy, uh, take the money out of the bank, uh, put it uh, into boxes uh, of a thousand Swiss franc notes and put those into a safe deposit box. Even, even pension funds are doing that. Wow. Uh, because that, that avoids the negative interest rates. So uh, that's brilliant. Once you have electronic money, fully electronic CBDCs, uh, to, to make it precise, uh, then there's no limit to negative interest rates. You can basically decide if, uh, um, like uh, uh, Silvio Xell really uh, advocated in the 1920s and 30s. Um, basically, if you want to make people spend the money, you just tell them, starting tomorrow, your money is going to shrink uh, every month by a percent. And if you want more, by 5%. So you have you can then impose negative interest rates, not only on the big guys, but on the small guys. And I think that is probably, it's probably quite attractive. I mean, if you lo look at Ken Rogoff's book, uh, that's, that's, he's not saying it negatively. He thinks sort of it's a great policy instrument, uh, but, um, it opens the floodgates to be even more intrusive and give uh, people less of a choice than they have now. I think we can probably spend a good few more hours talking just about uh, <laughs> about this, and I'm enjoying it. I just don't want uh, my audience to think that that's the only thing we know how to talk about. Uh, <laughs> but I would like to ask you about the sovereign that you mentioned. So you're involved in basically building the first national level uh, cryptocurrency. Is that an accurate mm -hmm. statement or fair statement? That's right. Can That's you tell right. us a bit about that? Well, uh, I, given what we have just talked about, huh. uh, um, I thought uh, one should really have, well, let's, one should really have an alternative. Um, I'm not saying it will be world revolution, but one should have, one should demonstrate that there's an alternative monetary system uh, that works better for the people than what we are seeing currently. And so I'm quite excited about a project that tries to do that. Um, uh, so the idea is really 
to have a, a uh, money issued um, in digital form uh, on the blockchain where you program the monetary rule and the government then throws away the key. So you have basically, a, you can say it's, it's a little bit like the gold standard because you know exactly this is the type of, the amount of money being created uh, initially. And then you know that this money will grow every year by 4%. Of course, that means you cannot fine tune. If the economy, uh, if you think you should accelerate a little bit or put on negative interest rates, all that stuff you can't do. So it's a little bit like gold. You will have more variability, but you will have sort of long-term certainty about what's happening to that currency. Um, so that that I find uh, sort of is just as a as a demonstration that you can have a different monetary system uh, to what we are currently seeing. I think would be a great thing. And the second the second thing that I'm excited about is that uh, this currency. Uh, would obviously, it needs to integrate with world financial markets. So it's not like sort of, a, it can't be an anonymous, fully anonymous currency. It will guarantee privacy, but it can't be anonymous. Everyone who uses that currency will need to uh, be uh, vetted, uh, the idea checked, the ID checked. So uh, KYC, AML, sanction screening, all that uh, would be done for that currency. And uh, that creates the potential to do much more with it. Because once you have a currency um, as a basis and uh, identified and a confirmed identity of a person, uh, you can use this for many other things. I mean, you can use this for democracy, you can use this for uh, government services. Uh, so I think that that's uh, sort of an, the second thing I, I find quite exciting. And uh, the last thing is that this 4% growth rate uh, that this currency uh, would experience, um, that wouldn't be distributed to the guys who have the most uh, of the money already, or that wouldn't be distributed to banks or to the government. Uh, it would be distributed per capita to the holders of this currency. So it's a little bit, I mean, the, a little bit sort of the seed of a universal basic income. I mean, obviously, sort of uh, uh, just the currency holdings will not be big enough to generate sort of a significant universal basic income. But the basic idea, the demonstration effect that you can have an economic system introduced nowadays that uh, treats everyone uh, the, the same, uh, regardless of whether sort of it's a big guy or a small guy that appeals to me a lot how does that work in the long term let's say someone is a very successful business person and someone is you know he's just doing regular okay he's average or below average how does that act when you say distribution to the big guy or to the small guy uh, is there a difference in the sense of the degree of freedom for a private individual to do ventures or is wh where is the difference? So wh where are they going to meet that money in an equal manner or uh, equal distribution? Well, it's just, I mean, what I'm saying is that this equal distribution is just concerning the money holdings. It doesn't concern what kind of uh, ventures you do elsewhere. Uh, so it's not, 
leveling the world so that everyone has the same. Um, I think that's not a brilliant idea. Uh, but uh, the kind of monetary system where you create additional money, like uh, the US is doing right now, that flows to the JP Morgans and it flows to the to the big uh, uh, companies, uh, it doesn't flow to Joe uh, or Jim. And uh, in our system, uh-huh. at least on the monetary side, uh, the increase in the money supply, that would flow to everyone equally. Now that still leaves everyone, if you are economically not very successful, uh, you're not very successful. Uh, it's not due to the fact that you didn't get sort of your fair money your share. share. Uh-huh. If, and if you're extremely successful, well, then you say the small money share, it's no, really no interest to me because I'm so successful. This is really a pittance. I can give this away if I want it. So uh, I think it doesn't, it doesn't undermine in any way sort of the incentives for people. So, so if I'm repeating in my words, you're saying that you basically you've, you're redoing the piping, right? Instead of the government giving to like these super distributors who later are supposed to distribute it to you know, to their employees who later are supposed to, to spend that money and get it back to the economy and so on. You're saying, no, it's a straight, it's a one-way street between the source of the money and the person who holds the money right now. So if I distributed a trillion exactly. more dollars over a million people, so each of them gets a thousand dollars. Exactly. Uh, or or uh, sovereign for that. I didn't, I didn't do the math, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, everyone. Maybe a million, share. yeah. A trillion <laughs> over a million is a billion, right? Thank you for not correcting me. Uh, <laughs> all right, so let's lighten things up a bit. I love this, by the way. This is this is my kind of this is my kind of a conversation. Uh, but for 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 you, in case you're getting bored, let me take you for a few minutes uh, on a ride called the rapid fire questions. So I'm going to ask you questions not related to economy, and uh, feel free to answer however which way you want ready Mm -hmm. sure perfect so what is your favorite documentary um what do you mean documentary documentary film or um, series um i don't watch series Ah. i don't watch tv oh so let Uh, me it's a conscious decision yeah. Because uh, I want to have time for thinking and I want to do things at my own pace. And apart from the fact that I don't find time to watch TV, I think it uh, really blows your mind. And I prefer uh, reading and researching and thinking and maybe doing some music uh, to relax in the meantime. That gives me sort of uh, freedom, freedom, free, freedom of, uh, of clutter and of uh, other influences. So if you ask me for films and that kind of stuff, bad luck. Good. So when you said uh, music, do you mean you play the music or do you listen to the music? Sure. I do both. I mean, my wife is a pianist and I play the guitar very poorly, but uh, I work very hard on it uh, to improve every day. So what's, a, what's, a, what's the la- latest song that you're working on in the guitar? I'm playing classical guitar, so it's so not uh, a song. So it's, uh, let's say, a prelude of Bach or which one? Uh, a, an etude number one, for example, I'm playing now reasonably well. And, uh, or the, uh, let's say, an etude of uh, Villa Lobos, uh, Brazilian. So it's that type of stuff that uh, excites me. 
Very good. When I was just starting, I'm a guitar player myself. And when I was just oh, starting uh, on the piano, actually, I, I used to play jazz guitar. But when I was studying some piano for theory, uh, my first two uh, homework tasks were uh, prelude in C minor and in C major. Well, actually, in C major <laughs> and in C minor by Bach. Uh, not an easy task, by no means. It's very hard on the guitar. Yes. <laughs> very challenging. <laughs> so in that case, let me change the question up a bit and ask what is one of your favorite uh, his, history books or one that you've read recently? Um, what I like very much is uh, sort of books that uh, enlighten uh, about where, the, where you, humanity is coming from. Uh, so it's uh, books like uh, Diamond. Now, I, I don't have the sort of the, um, uh, the, the, the title in my head. Jared Diamond, or, the Guns, Guns, yeah, uh, yeah. Germs and uh, Steel. Guns, Germs and Steel. Yeah, yeah. that's, uh, that's one. But one. he has written a later one, which is sort of also very interesting. Or uh, uh, I like very much sort of the kind of very crisp summary of human history done by Harari. Um, that I find really brilliant. Uh, so it's that kind of uh, literature that uh, I find exciting. Uh, what I'm currently reading is, I think it's David David Reich, uh, who uh, is working on the, uh, I think the book is called uh, Where We Are Coming From and Who We Are. And it's basically uh, tracing the history of humanity uh, based on DNA uh, of um, of age, ancient uh, DNA analysis, genome analysis, uh, um, which is really fascinating, and and it's it's very recent. I mean, that stuff, basically, what you learn from it, it has been discovered the last uh, ten years. So that's very exciting as a complement to to this other archaeology and uh, uh, history based stuff. I just interviewed a few weeks back uh dan professor dan Ariely, who is uh, yes uh, i saw that yeah so he is he's also trying to figure out where we're coming from but more on the decision making and <laughs> irrational decision making uh mechanisms and it's it's, yeah, it's uh, this is also this is also <laughs> stuff i like very much uh, like uh the sort of books like uh kahneman uh, thinking fast, fast and, and slow, slow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, um, it's, there are some giants in the field, you know, it's, it's, it's surprising how, uh, how enlightening things that yeah. are, that seem trivial on the surface, how enlightening they can be. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let me ask you this. What is one unusual habit or something absurd that you enjoy or that you love? I don't know whether it's absurd, but uh, my my principle is uh, that uh, um, twice a year I retreat to the mountains. I have a little cabin there, um, very basic. I need to chop wood uh, to, 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 to heat the cabin. I go there uh, for a month or two in the winter and uh, for a month or two in the, in the summer and um, basically cutting myself off of uh, most of the modern world and just uh, sort of think and uh, resource myself. And that helps me to keep a distance 
to this uh, sort of fast-paced um, fast-paced uh, news cycle that really is sort of is pretty empty. I also I so th that's the habit, and uh, sort of in sync with that habit, I'm I'm not reading any stuff on the internet that is sort of a, a flow of ideas. So I don't read the New York Times, for example, in the electronic form, because there's always something coming up and you always have to, the idea, you need to read it. So I only read uh, digitally because I, uh, I don't like paper so much. But um, uh, for example, the New York Times I'm getting uh, digitally, but I, I take the, the, the digital representation of the physical version. So I know that the editors have taken some effort to decide what should go into it now. I read it once in the day. It takes me; it doesn't take me very long because there's not very much interesting stuff in there. But I have a very clear view. And then for me, the news is finished. I, I don't worry, worry about news and I read the, the paper the next day and I have my head free. Uh, I'm not the sort of there's not a notification popping up. Hey, this is, has just happened, and this friend has just done. I have no notifications on my on my systems. So, w w what other habits do you have in your cabin or around the the cabin period that kind of disconnect that allow you to take, you know, to take things one bite at a time, right? That stop that flow of a of ideas, like what do you do with emails or with phone calls or with text messages? Um, I group them, I do them, um, and I've always done this. I, I, I take them when basically I'm, I'm tired uh, of reading or I can't concentrate any longer, then I do my email and, uh, and my WhatsApps and, uh, um, and that's, that's all my, my phone calls. I never, I, I never get interrupted by this stuff because um, I, I very often also switch off the phone uh, so that uh, people can't interrupt me even if they want. <laughs> so you only do that when you decide, basically. That's what you're saying. Right, yes. And what time of the day do you chop wood? Um, wood chopping is typically a, uh, an afternoon uh, activity um, when you have uh, I'm most productive in the morning so I'm a morning person I race very early uh, but then sort of uh, doing something physical in the afternoon I think is good for you I don't do it every day I mean uh, uh, you, our heating sort of doesn't need that those amounts right <laughs> <but> I need <laughs> to chop it all the time yeah uh, okay so last but not least in the rapid fire questions is if you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything written on it, metaphorically speaking, of course, what would it say and why? I haven't thought about it. Um, it would probably be um, because no one has offered me a billboard before. Ah, there you um, go. It would probably be uh, uh, something... Uh, uh, forget, uh, don't, don't, don't forget that uh, that you are a human. Um, memento mori, you are going to die. You're not going to take any money with you. Um, why don't you focus your life on things? I mean, 
that if it's a gigantic kibbutz, I can write more, right? Yeah. Uh, so, um, <laughs> um, why don't uh, in in structuring what you want to do in life and how you want to do it and how you want to treat uh, your 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 fellow uh, humans, uh, all fellow travelers to the grave, um, think about it every day, and that will really help you to be to be a better human. I would I like probably phrase it better. Uh, it's okay. Phrase it better. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not putting it. We're yes. not putting the billboard as we speak. So you, you have a few more days. <laughs> okay. You know, if you want to copy okay, it a bit great. differently. Uh, but I think it's a wonderful message. It's a wonderful message for humanity, and and one that is um, it's it's worthy of of being written on a gigantic billboard. Basically, <laughs> uh, very good. So we are, Peter, we're approaching the proximity of the end of the interview. Uh, but uh, uh, before that, I have basically two more questions and a game for you. So I'm going to do the, the notorious sandwich method, and I'm going to ask you a question, play a game with you, and then ask you a question to conclude the interview. Okay. <laughs> do whatever you want. Yeah, it's okay. So... Uh, so my first question is, you know, after all that we've spoken about, in terms of the, let's call it the, the, the uncertainties, but also the abnormalities and the risks, maybe, maybe, maybe big risks that exist in the financial world today, what advice would you give to a person between, let's say, 22 to 35 or 22 to 30 who is trying to find, you know, their way into either trying to find their way into the real world, so the job market, or is considering, you know, going to school and getting education or is just trying to find her or his way uh, in, a, in the world, how to make a good living or a living. Well, I would uh, I would say two things. One is figure out what you, what you want to do. Don't let yourself pushed around by um, social media uh, or by your environment. Figure out what you really want. It's not it's very hard. I mean, it sounds it sounds trivial, but it's very hard at this age to find out what you really want. And second, uh, the world is pretty crazy uh, and moving very fast. So make sure that uh, you can adapt to lots of different circumstances because you will need to. Uh, so um, sort of if you take use a fashionable term, uh, be uh, resilient, uh, uh, read uh, uh, Nisam Taleb's book uh, about, um, I don't know what it's called now. Anti-fragility. Anti-fragility. Yeah, it's a good book. Uh, so so that, that gives you sort of a, Sort of the the second leg of what uh, what uh, what I would say. Yeah, I was trying to. I still am trying to get Nasim on the on this pod, podcast, and uh, <laughs> one way or another, I'm going to succeed. So Nasim, if you're listening to this, I'm go, I'm coming after you. <laughs> Please answer my calls. Uh, <laughs> it works, you know. It uh, maybe you know the universe uh, sends messages. All right. <laughs> So I promised the game, and here is the game. It is called Only Three Words. 
And it goes like this. I'm going to ask you a question. And then you will take all the time in the world to think about the answer. But when you do answer, you can only answer in three words. So for example, if I would ask you, Peter, what are your three favorite colors? You would think, and you would probably say, you know, if you were sitting in New York like I am, you would say, oh, the American flag, blue, red, and white, for example. If you're in Switzerland, red, white, and something else. And white. And white. <laughs> <laughs> are you, do, do you understand the rules of the game? And are you willing to play? Pretty, pretty easy, I'll try. Okay, so now we're going to make it more challenging. And this is how. Uh, yesterday, or the day before, I was interviewing a special gentleman named uh, Lior Souchard. He's a mental artist. I don't know if, you've, if you know him, if you've heard of him, but he does like mind nope. tricks. And he said, I like the game, but how about you do more than one question and you time the answers so the person will be under time pressure? And I said, that sounds right to me. So, Peter, would you like to play the new version of only three words? I'm happy to yeah. whatever, you, whatever, whatever you're proposing. <laughs> as long as it's a game, I, I play. Perfect. So I'm going to put a timer on uh, basically... 15 seconds, 20 seconds to each question. This is the first time we're doing this, folks. So stay tuned. And uh, we're going to have, I'm going to ask you a question, then you'll have 20, question, 20 seconds to answer or to think and to answer. Ready? Mm -hmm. Sure. Okay, Peter. So in only three words, how would you describe global economy? Bad. That's it. One word is enough. <laughs> okay. So you have three more seconds left, but uh, it's the only word that came to mind. Perfect. Um, in only three words, who do you see today as the three most impro or not three most, but as the most impressive economists out there? I would say Piketty, Krugman, and the guy whose name I don't remember right now, who is working to lose. Working to lose. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure what that means, but uh, is that a name of a theory or? A... No, no, it's uh, it's a professor, but uh, I don't uh, right now. I you don't have, the... uh, have his name. Perfect. Next That's question. Jean Tirol. Jean, Jean Tirol. Tirol. Yeah. Perfect. So, in only three words. What are your favorite cities? Lausanne, Palermo, Calvi. And as a tribute to our next guest, what question would you like to ask our next guest? And he would need to answer in only three words. And you don't know who it is. If, if you could choose uh, again, what uh, three things would you like to master that uh, you didn't so far? Wonderful question, and I will make sure to ask it. And Peter, before we conclude, <laughs> I wanted to ask um, whether there is something we haven't covered in our talk that you think our listeners should know or should be aware of, or you would like to give them as an advice uh, to better their lives. Well, I think we have covered it pretty much. I'm, I'm not a guru who gives advice everyone like uh, Nietzsche, Nietzsche said, everyone sort of, you read, maybe you read my stuff, uh, 
but everyone, uh, whatever you, you read, you should use it as, uh, as a kind of uh, rail to guide you along, but uh, don't, don't follow anyone, make up your own mind. And with those words of wisdom, Peter Dieras, thank you very, very much for being with us today. Thank you very much. Uh, it was a pleasure. It was uh, entertaining for myself even. <laughs> so I, I hope it's, uh, <laughs> it's also entertaining for the people who listen to it. I, uh, I, I loved every moment. Thank you very much, Peter. Thank <laughs> you. Thanks for listening. Hope you've enjoyed it. If you did, please rate and comment on your favorite platform. We're on iTunes and Spotify and SoundCloud and Anchor and many, many more. You are also welcome to check out our website, mbawobs.com, for past episodes and to subscribe and stay tuned for our future episodes. So check it out.